When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Obviously, we would have liked to see him more on the field, but, you know, quite honestly, for him to get on the field is an unbelievable achievement. Uh, you know, when this injury happened, I mean, I can kind of go through it. There was, you know, we researched this injury. There was 24 of these similar types of injuries through all sports. Half of them never came back. <clears throat> and I think the earliest one anybody ever came back was 24 months. All right. This just came to me in our discussion um, during the last segment. But what about this plan? Okay. You cl- you you tease this by saying genius. Ge- it's genius. It's, genius. it's completely okay. genius. It's off. It, it's it, at Winter Park. Go to AM right now and turn her up because you want to hear this. <laughs> or or, or uh, download the new app, the or, new mobile app. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, turn off what you're currently listening to and listen to this. Um. You go to Teddy, and you tell Teddy and, and Teddy's representatives how much you love Teddy. Teddy is your guy. But to your point, Phil, you also know that the window of opportunity is open right this very second. Yes. You got close th- this year. You didn't close the deal. And so you say to Teddy, Teddy, we're going to sign you to a three-year contract. You are our guy. But we also understand that you did not play, that, that you suffered a catastrophic leg injury in 2016. You didn't play in 16. You didn't play in 17. You barely you barely got your feet wet again. And we want to make you as successful as we possibly can. And therefore, here's our plan. We're gonna, we want to sign you to a three-year contract. You will be fairly compensated for that. You are our quarterback of the future. But in the meantime, we are also going to explore and aggressively look to trade for Alex Smith. For the 2018 season, ooh, that will give you that will give you time. And if you start to if you start to be great in practice, God bless you. That's fantastic. Gives us options. But what it also does is it brings in a quarterback that we know is reliable. That's a step up from Keenum, and most importantly, we know is not going to screw up when the pressure is on. And he is going to be the starting quarterback at the outset of 2018. But you are going to get every chance after that. He can walk away, sign elsewhere. And you will get every chance from then on to be the to reestablish yourself as a starting quarterback in this league, and we hope to keep you for eight years. So you would sign him. So so say the Teddy part again to a multi year yeah, deal. I'd send him like a three year deal and say with a lot of incentives if he does say, play. Yes, and say we fully plan on you being being the starting quarterback for sure in two thousand nineteen and twenty. I love that idea, and I do think it's genius. Hold on a second. Let's make it official. Thank you. Yes. yes. How about this? Thank you. I do think that? it's genius. Thank you. Yes. Because we've been trying to figure out all these pieces. We've had like this group of seven quarterbacks, three internal, and then you got the Drew Brees, Pipe Dream, Eli Manning. If you wanted to trade for Eli, you probably could, but there's $55 million left in this contract, and 
He's 37. It's in decline, and yeah, it's not it's not appealing. So the outside options that make the most sense are break the bank for Kirk Cousins, yep. back up the truck, yep. and that that comes with a lot of risk because is he the 12th best quarterback in the league? If he had a better infrastructure, would he be the fifth best quarterback? You don't know, and right. you're going to have to pay a handsome price to find out. Mm-hmm. And then you got Alex Smith, who you know exactly what he's going to give you, and it's not what Tom Brady would give you, but it's a very, very steady, solid performer who took a big step forward the last couple of years, too, in throwing the ball down the field. And there's one year, $20 million left on his contract. By the way, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. If you could keep the Teddy Hope alive, if that's what they want to do, and if you think there's upside there, he's only like 25 years old. Going into next year. He is. So if you could keep that upside alive, make it worth his time. Hey, listen, you're not going to be the starter going into the year, but we want to bring you back for three years. You're going to make backup money, but big time incentives if you were to play like 10 games or 15 or 16 games. And then you'd get Alex Smith at his peak in a Super Bowl window and then the backup security of Teddy Bridgewater. And it Sm- makes total sense. And Smith can walk after 18, no strings attached. And Alex Smith might come cheaper than Case Keenum, if you think of it this way. I think Alex Smith's better than Case Keenum, but Case Keenum is going to be one of two things financially. Franchise tag, which is $23, $24 million, mm-hmm. so more than Alex Smith, although you'd have to give up a draft pick to land Alex Smith. But mm-hmm. maybe not a, a big-time one. The, maybe a third? You got a fifth-round pick. I don't think it's going to have to be a big-time pick to land Alex Smith. Let's say it's a second or third. third Third-round pick, which leaves you with four draft picks. That is a thing that you should be concerned about, but winning the Super Bowl should be your main concern. That's your immediate concern, absolutely. Um, I think it it makes sense. It makes sense. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Bill, you're on the show. Lauren. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I only got one comment on the whole deal with Case Keenum. Yep. Big-time quarterbacks make big-time plays in big-time games. There's the pass, the interception against New Orleans, and the interception uh, against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only two reasons that I need not to sign them back up. Yeah, Bill, it's... Thanks, Bill. You can't ignore those interceptions. You yep. can't. You can't ignore those interceptions. And and keep, keep in mind, too, the, the one that he threw on Sunday, the first one... Because we, we all saw that, that he got hit, and I think fans absolved him and said, well, he got hit, and that's not fair to blame him. He specifically said, I dropped too far back. His positioning was wrong. He didn't do the right thing. He got he got hit in part because it, it went back to week two against Pittsburgh when he kept dropping back incorrectly. Hmm. Like, this is all sort of a science, and if the quarterback screws up that science, it screws up the play. He just kind of wings it sometimes. Yeah. You know what? Someone else sent a great, a great piece from 538.com, they went into the analytics of when quarterbacks are pressured, how do they perform? And they actually went back a number of years, like the last five or ten years or something. And Case Keenum, if you take his QBR when under pressure, it was like the fifth best performance against pressure in the last five or ten years in the NFL. And Tom Brady was maybe two or three slots behind him this year. Mm-hmm. Now, Jameis Winston was number one on that list, and there's a couple other suspect quarterbacks on that list. So it could just be that, hey, you had a really good season against pressure or wide receivers helped you quite a bit. But when I watch Keenum succeed against pressure, 
it's dodging bullets. It's bobbing and weaving, and he does Absolutely. have a, he does have a good feel for the pocket and good presence. They can scramble, but he also had some some instances that just aren't going to be long term sustainable and repeatable too. It's it, how repeatable is it? Is the question we keep going back to, and if the answer is I don't know. And you can get Alex Smith, where you know that guy well, has a 10-year. You know what you're getting with Alex Smith, and it's better than what you got with Case Keenum. It just is. And the important question is this. Do you trust this in the most important games? Like, if you can do this on October 9th, well, that's all well and good, and that's very nice. But when you got to Philadelphia, did you entirely trust it? Because that's all that matters. You're not—making the playoffs was not a great story. You won 13 games. You were a Super Bowl contending team. So it's not like, well, Keenum got him to the playoffs, and that was if you if if you think that the Vikings think that that's great, it's simply not true. The question becomes when you got to the Saints game and and he fell apart in the second half and the Philadelphia game, did you trust him? And that's and if your answer is no, I really didn't, you got a problem. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey Cameron. Hey, how are you? Good man. What's happening? So I'm sitting here in Stillwater, and I'm just thinking, you know. As awesome, I like the Alex Smith idea. That's a wonderful idea. Thank but you. I look at all three of the Vikings quarterbacks right now, and all I see is question marks. And I think that Kirk Cousins going into free agency, you're looking at probably, you know, franchise tag type money for him, but why not? I mean, you got to let those guys run and go for the big dog. Why not at this point? Yeah, Kirk Cousins is so hard to read. Thank you for the phone call. Because the numbers on paper look really good. They don't win a ton of games in Washington, but there's other reasons for that, too. Yes. And there's a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Schaub put up big numbers for a few years, but it doesn't. He, Matt Schaub put up, like, lead the NFL in yardage numbers for a couple of years. Yes. So, so just because you put up numbers, Blake Bortles has put up big numbers before in the past, but it doesn't mean that you're great in the moments that matter the most. I, I've been trying to think the past few, few days since we've had these conversations about what scares me about Cousins because I always come back to, ooh, I don't know if I would do that. And I think what scares me is this. If you make the investment that's going to be necessary to, to sign him to a long-term contract, you are now rolling the dice on having a top-five quarterback. Like this is not a oh it didn't work out that's too bad this is a this is a you are rolling the dice on saying we think that we have found our Rodgers or our Brady yeah so and and the rest of the players and quarterbacks that we talk about are all sort of short term if you're wrong it hurts but it doesn't cripple you the Cousins scenario is if you're right on him and you've got a top five guy you're set. But are you convinced that he's yeah. a top five guy? And I would I would frame it this way too. It's a salary cap league, obviously. So it's not it's not like baseball where, well, I guess we'll just take a loss in the finance column this year, like the Tigers did to beef up their roster. You have to operate within a salary cap constraint. That's why markets like Jacksonville and Green Bay and Minnesota can compete with LA and New York and Chicago financially, because mm-hmm. it's capped, obviously. If you're paying the same amount of money for the eighteenth best quarterback in the NFL as the Patriots are paying for Tom Brady, well, guess what advantage they have? Now they get to fill out the rest of their roster, and, okay, now you've got that guy paid. Now you got 52 other guys you got to figure out. So if this is my argument for Bridgewater, too, if I'm going to pay a quarterback that's not a top eight bona fide guy, and I'm unsure about what he's going to be, I'd rather pay less for Bridgewater than more for Keenum to at least give me roster flexibility to re-sign guys or to 
to make additions in free agency. Sure. But when you get stuck, look at the the teams like the Bengals and and there's like two or three teams and Jay Cutler with the Bears for a while was like this making twenty million dollars. When you're paying twenty million dollars for the sixteenth best quarterback in the NFL, you are destined at best to go nine and seven or ten and six. Mm-hmm. Unless you get really lucky with defensive draft picks or you know, you get a, a franchise left tackle on a rookie deal for a few years, you're just in trouble. So should we get uh, Mike Goldie Jr. in the mix? Yeah, here? let's see what he thinks about football. Let's get his thoughts. Mackie and Judd, and uh, we can open up the lines maybe later on. We'll we'll uh, we'll devote some time in the last segment if you have thoughts on the quarterback situation to uh, some phone calls. Mike Golick Jr. joins the show next. Mackie and Judd now continue. We have the goods on fifteen hundred ESPN. I've had a few drinks, but I can actually get a coherent thought out. I think honestly, I don't think you can blame Keenum for that. The blocking schemes were horrific. You can't have Morgan blocking their defensive end one-on-one. It just it makes no sense. And then Zimmer got completely and totally outcoached in this game. I mean, Keenum didn't give up 31 points. The NFL was doing yeah. a promo for the <laughs> Super Bowl before it had, and it had the Patriots and the Vikings in the promo. Final score yesterday, Eagles 38, Vikings 7. Screw you, Roger Goodell. Screw you, NFL. Losers. I love they had to apologize. apologize. Yeah, you know what? I don't accept your apology. (laughs) Go to hell. Yeah. Uh, Mike Goley Jr., that was that was Angelo Cataldi on WIP. It's Goley Jr.'s town right there. Um, I mean, we have been... Last week, a guy named Donnie from Philadelphia called in to start the trash talk war, and it's like... Eagles fans must have lifted that football team up from from someplace. I don't know if that was the Vikings defense or the Space Jam villains that overtook bodies, but that was a disaster on Sunday, Golik. I was as shocked as you guys are watching that defense that we had spent all week lauding, not only for the diverse array of unbelievable talent, but we know Mike Zimmer, that's his bread and butter on that side of the ball, diverse pressure scheme, bringing guys from a lot of different angles to try and disrupt an offense, and the entire day they seemed to be on their heels as Nick Foles was content to fake that RPO handoff and throw the quick slant for what seemed like seven yards every single time. Yeah, Mike, how how does your guy Harrison Smith look so bad? I've never, I mean, Harrison Smith... To me, was one of the top players in this league all year. Harrison Smith is a brilliant player. He looked lost on Sunday. Well, I think you really do give credit to Doug Peterson and what he's been able to do on that offense with Nick Foles and the way it changed under Carson Wentz. I mean, we remember going back to last year, this offense looked completely different with Carson Wentz under center as a rookie. It was a lot more spread out, five wide, pare down the looks, make it a little easier for him to digest. And what have you done now to try and get a quarterback comfortable who's a veteran player in this league and has been around, but you do put him in a lot of those varied run situations. You create misdirection with a lot of those. You create misdirection off the run pass options in the pass game where you just ask him to be accurate in that immediate window near the line of scrimmage when you can suck up some guys in the run because the Eagles offensive line did such a great job. And Ultimately, Harrison, yeah, probably didn't have his best day, but I would look at the fronts, and the Eagles won both on the offensive and defensive front, and I don't even think it was very close. They dominated the lines of scrimmage, and so once you've compromised that, especially in that offensive scheme for the Eagles, everyone else really does look like they're playing on their heels because they have no idea what to expect. Yeah. 
Golik, their fans chanted bleep you, Millie, at the 99-year-old old woman Vikings fan. Like, is there anything worse than getting smoked that bad for the hundredth time in a big football game as a franchise and then having the opposing fans throw full cans of beer at your heads? I mean, it was not a, it was not a good weekend. You know what? Kudos to them, too. I didn't know that the economy had done so well in Philly to where we could waste full beers now. I would like to have that kind of money to where I could just throw full beers away. I choose to ingest them, but different strokes for different folks. Listen, and the, the folklore around Eagles fans is well-known and well-documented. They're a bit of a surly bunch. We saw that in the celebration after. I mean, they had to grease the poles, for God's sakes. Chris, go, Mike. My family's got some affinity, uh, affinity for the city, considering Dad spent six years there. But uh, it was it was almost, I said, the difference in the – temperament of fans was almost the same difference we saw in bowl season when Miami played Wisconsin in their bowl game. Seeing those fan bases side by side was almost as entertaining. Although, Mike, we we told fans here all last week, we said, whatever you do, go to the game, but do not dress in full Viking garb, right? These people will, they will beat you up, they will throw beers, they, they will, they don't care, especially outside the stadium. And I got there on Sunday and I'm walking in and I can't tell you, I mean, there's guys in Helga Horns. In Philadelphia, you are asking for, and then all this week we've come back with, I can't believe how nasty Philadelphia fans are. We warned you about this. This is not going to Green Bay. This is not friendly. These people, there is a faction of them who basically want you dead, and if you wear Helga horns, they really want you dead. Well, and this is sort of a coastal phenomenon, right? Like when you get out of the friendly confines, and as someone who went to college in the Midwest and spent an extended period of time there, when you get out near the edges of the country, everyone just seems a little surlier for whatever reason. So you got to tread lightly coming into those hostile environments, whether it's the black hole in Oakland or out in Philadelphia. You know, it, it is not the good salt of the earth Midwestern folks that we're used to dealing with. What's the most like horrified or depressed you've ever been after a sporting event in which you had emotions attached to it? Uh, I mean, outside of one I personally played. Well, not like, like let's say as a fan, as a fan, as a like, yeah, that's a different uh, level of emotions when you're actually in the game as a fan. Uh, as a as a fan, listen, I would say the emotion is almost more so as far as immediate reaction, just because you, uh, the thing I found the biggest difference between before and after my playing career was that loss of control that you have as a fan. That's why when we sit down in different spots and something good happens, we stay there because you want to feel like you're having some effect on the outcome. So. I don't know. For me, I remember being a, a, a high schooler watching the Bush Push game at Notre Dame and seeing <laughs> that devastation there. Is you know, first off, you complete the fourth and eight to Dwayne Jarrett that sets up the touchdown drive, but that ball goes out of bounds and the clock ticks down to zero, and we thought we had it. And to have that run back and then gutted the other way was, to me, probably the most pointed experience of my fandom so far. Yeah. And what what made the the Vikings loss so tough was this. You never saw the defense collapsing, right? Like, if if it had been something where it didn't surprise you, it's very disappointing. But you're but you say to yourself, okay, I'm not completely shocked. Among the scenarios that we never saw coming, both here and nationally, was Zim's defense absolutely getting destroyed. Well, and that was, I mean, for me, you want to talk about the most catastrophic experience of my sports life was losing in that national title. And it was the same thing. It was the way we lost. If you told me we got to a shootout and wouldn't have enough, I would say, yeah, I would have understood that. We were a good offense, not a great offense. But we had a great defense that had been tops in the NCAA for most of the season. That's what we had built our foundation on, much in the same way. Despite the Vikings have a very capable offense with great receivers and weapons, 
you did not expect the defense in that very same way. And listen, as a player, that's jarring. Once you see that foundation crack and you see that D-line getting rolled off the ball and you see the secondary looking like they're searching and nothing seems to be getting home when it's dialed up, all of a sudden you look around even on the other side of the ball and you realize the margin for error shrinks in a way that might make you a little more uncomfortable than usual when you're just used to having that lifeline. You're used to being able to look out at those guys and say, man, we've got some of the best in the league. We can be confident knowing they have our backs, and when that's taken away, that's a big mental blow. Yeah. what do you, Mike Golick Jr., what do you think it is about football when we, we did some digging on this just to see, okay, how bad is this going to be now for, for next season? Can you bounce back from something like this? Well, number one, regardless of – of the the Vikings roster or the coach, if you go back the last 20 years, when they've gone to the NFC Championship game and lost, they have taken a huge step back the next year and oftentimes have fired coaches and things just derail. The last five teams to get smoked in the NFC Championship game by at least three scores, going back to like the 2004 Falcons, all of them missed the playoffs the next year. What is it about football where you just... You get to a certain point and you get your heart ripped out of your chest and for some reason you can't replicate the you know the, the same success the next year. Well, I think for my my own experience of this would probably be you just feel the need to try and change too much and that might not be structurally organizationally although you're going to have to replace Pat now that he's gone in New York but it just may be on a personal basis you think oh we were so close, but then the gap seemed so wide here. I mean, I have to imagine if you played that game out a number of times, it wouldn't be the blowout like that. You wouldn't have these wild swings that get kick-started by a pick six. So you have to almost try and avoid that internal tendency to say, all right, well, we've got to correct too much, or we've got to change too much of what we did, forgetting that you were still a really good team. Now, for Minnesota, the question's going to lie at quarterback because I don't think there's any, you know, misunderstanding that Case Keenum overperformed expectations when he went in. And so now the decision they've got to make this offseason and one that, quite frankly, the success of next year is going to hinge on is, all right, well, do we take that and do what, you know, the Jets did with Ryan Fitzpatrick and say we can bank on that again going forward? Or with all of your quarterbacks free agent, do we do one of the delicate dances with these other guys? So uh, the Vikings are in a tenuous situation with the quarterback spot. You've heard that sort of uncertainty from Case and from Teddy as far as what they see in the future plans for them. And so uh, uh, for Spielman and company, it's going to be a major decision of, okay, where do we allocate our resources to this position? Because we were able to ball on a budget at quarterback this year. You guys had Case on a discount. I know you were paying Sam. And, you know, Teddy finishing up on that rookie deal. But that position is going to have to get factored into the bottom line again in a way that's going to be significant. If it was you, what would you do? If it was me, ah, yeah, it's going to be tough. I would probably keep case. I just I don't know if I can trust Sam and the, the injury history at that point and what that does to a person mentally over time as many times as has popped up for him. Teddy, listen, they've seen him a lot more than I have, but that – long hiatus and that kind of injury you never know what the ceiling then becomes for a guy after that i would ride with caseless and you're going to have to shell out some cash but compared to the rest of the quarterback market that's going to open up this offseason i don't know if you'd be a player for a guy you know like uh, um you know a guy like that we're going to see at the top end of this market and i, I just think that's going to end up being the fit the way your team's structured 
you're built to handle it. And if you can get even comparable production and continue to add depth and strength to the offensive line, you're going to get your running back back. I I think there's enough improvements that are going to come naturally. So just humor me for a moment here. Let's say you pick up the phone and hypothetically, you pick up the phone and you call down to uh, the Louisiana area and you say, listen, Drew Brees, we have a bank vault. The door is open. You're, you're welcome to walk in and take as much money out of it up to, say, $30 million a year. We even have cap room up to 50 but let's be a little reasonable. Uh, blank check, open bank vault door, two-year contract, and uh, you can you can try it up here in the, in the great Nordic. What do you think Drew Brees says when people call him, he's a free agent, if, uh, if the Vikings were to pick up the phone? Uh, listen, I think Drew Brees, unless that number between him and the New Orleans, because we've seen he's not always the guy that's willing to take that hometown discount. He's going to get what he's worth. I just think when you look at the razor-thin margin, he probably see it says the grass is pretty green in New Orleans, and they're set up much in the same way to be good for a while. A lot of that offensive talent is young and on rookie contracts. The defense is really the same way. That's a team that is primed to be good, and for a guy – I've always said there's a difference down there in the bayou with the people that were there through that storm and through what happened with Hurricane Katrina. There's just a different way that they treat everything. And having been down there and seen it, there's an affinity that you only get when you go through horrific tragedy like that that bonds those sides. And I think for all those reasons, it would be pretty difficult to try to pry Drew from there. I think he's going to be a guy that finishes out in New Orleans. I mean, we had a snowstorm two nights ago. They closed a couple runways at the airport. I feel you know, like it's, it's sort of comparable. Thoughts and prayers, guys. I, I you know what? I, I hope you survive and you're able to regroup by the time I get there on Tuesday. All right? Have the t- runway cleared off so my plane can land. You tell them, Drew. Here's the deal: when you're done playing, ten percent of the franchise is yours. Whatever you want, whatever yeah. you possibly want, it's yours. <laughs> How many lakes do you want? We've got ten. Exactly. <laughs> we we can afford five thousand. All yours and yes. your family's. Name them exactly. They'll all be summer named July Lake Breeze to too. Is beautiful. <laughs> Uh, the the summer breeze puns I think would be would be great up here. All right, we'll uh, we'll catch you for Super Bowl week next week, and it's going to be very. You're going to see a lot of depressed zombie looking Vikings fans walking around, but it should be a great Super Bowl. Uh, regardless, so thanks, Golik. See ya. I'll do. I'll, I give. I'll give you guys all a big hug when I get there. Sounds good. We'll need one right. by then. Bye. <laughs> all right, Mike Golik Jr. You can yeah. find him. Uh, he's the pregame show for Golik and Wingo, and and uh, you can find him the first hour on Golik and Wingo as well. Yeah, he'll be here next week. So I've never met him in person. You guys had the, we had the, the big event. Yeah, the, yeah, the fantasy football event. Very nice guy. Awesome. So Dave's got some questions for us when we come back. What topics do you want to dive into, Dave? Uh, Specifically Vikings defense-related questions. I also have one. Yes, it's not too early now to talk about the draft. Wow. Never too early. we got the Senior Bowl coverage on right now. The practices out there. I saw that, yeah. Tommy's looking good on TV. Yep. Uh, Before we go anywhere, Luther Brookdale Toyota has some great specials right now on vehicles that could help you trudge through the snow. So, you know, I, I, I had a pretty good experience, actually, with a two-wheel drive Corolla in the foot-high piles on these side streets. But it, my life would have been easier if I had chosen maybe a RAV4. You get all the durability 
that goes with the Toyota name. You also get all the safety features that Toyota has put so much work into upgrading over the past several years. And uh, you can get into one for $199 a month on a three-year lease with a reasonable down payment. So four-wheel drive, great safety features, the spaciousness of an SUV, and the handling and the feel of more of a, a Camry Corolla type. It's the best of multiple worlds. And there's a reason why it's one of the most popular SUVs in the world. So stop by on your way home from work tonight, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Go check out the Luther Lounge. You can also snoop around the website at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Proud sponsor of the Mackey and Judd Show and the Touch Em All podcast. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're not teaching uh, Sunday school class in terms of morality. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. You want some play-by-play from the uh, Senior Bowl feed here, Dave? Hell yeah, I do. Let's go. All right, there's Baker Mayfield applying some chapstick after practice. Going looks down, like he's an, going escalator. down an escalator. Yep, he's got some nice Beats headphones there, it looks like. Where are we at here? Outdoor escalator? Well, it's Mobile, Alabama is where it always is. I don't know if that's... I don't know. They must have just gotten I done. I never covered it, so it, it, I don't know. What stadium is it in? What stadium is in Mobile? I would have to look it up. Uh, not Mobile where Alabama Stadium. Is. Mobile Stadium. Yeah. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, it's that nice stadium. Yeah, Pelosera was just on with Charlie Casserly. Charlie just breaking it down. <laughs> Charlie's unbelievable. Remember when he freaked out on camera on NFL Network because he didn't know, or CBS or something? That they, they were oh, going yeah, they over like matchups yeah. and he got yeah. the wrong someone it, had given him the wrong team matchups. Like, hey, what do you think about the Browns and Steelers this weekend? And he goes, I thought we were talking about the Jets and the Patriots. Oh, well, we'll get to that. Well, no one told me we were gonna talk about the Browns and the Steelers. He just like wigged out. Yeah, this was definitely I think we did this in stuff two years I ago. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Dave's got some questions for us. Yeah, nice logos they got on the field there. Little Reese's, Dollar General, a lot of sponsors for the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it's never too early, boys. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. Mock! I just came across Daniel Jeremiah's Mock Draft 1.0. He's a heavy hitter, NFL.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has the Vikings now picking at 30th is where they'd have to slot in. Defensive end LSU Arden Key, a guy who he says could drop for some uh, issues, I guess, off-field issues, but the upside is outrageous as a defensive end. I don't want to ask you specifically about him because I don't know if you know anything about Arden Key, defensive end LSU. I want to simply ask a two-part question. With that 30th pick in the first round, what position do you want the Vikings to go at, knowing all that we don't know about the offseason so far? And at any point during the draft, should they pick a quarterback? Ooh, uh, yes, because they have none under contract. So, well, you know, Kyle, I think Kyle Sloter is probably going to wind up. They they actually like him, but he'll so he'll probably be one of the three guys that they have on the roster. They paid him pretty well, actually, for a So maybe no, I guess string. if he kind of acts as your 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 young developmental guy, then maybe you can bring in you bring back Teddy and I love the Judd plan. If it's Alex Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, and and Kyle Sloter, I think that's a good little sprinkling across the board. My answer would have been before the NFC Championship game. I think my answer would have been, um, you know, something maybe like a tight end to because Kyle Rudolph's kind of getting up there. But after watching the Vikings get dominated 
in the trenches against Philadelphia on both sides of the ball. They couldn't get to Nick Foles. They had like one sack of Nick Foles, and they barely pressured him. And their offensive line got blown up on half the plays, it felt like. I think any offensive lineman other than center, which he just fixed last year, or any defensive lineman. You could you could make a case that need, they need another interior defensive lineman to uh, to sit there next to Limbaugh Joseph. Brian Robinson might retire, so you could use some depth. So any anywhere along either end of the of the trenches, either side of the trenches, I would have no problem with the Vikings drafting an offensive or defensive lineman. If they were going to use the pick, I would say O line depth for sure. I I probably take a tackle, um, but they're not going to use that pick. In fact, they're going to trade that pick. The Vikings right now have uh, one, five two, picks. three, four, five picks. It's the thirtieth pick, so it's tantamount to a second round pick. It, it but it does come with the fifth year option attached, which teams really like. Spielman's going to flip that pick and go backwards and get and get more picks if he doesn't make a trade for a QB. So I'm pretty convinced because there's no way that he is going to go in, into this draft with five picks or just pick five players. No way. He likes to have ten. Yeah, he's going to he's going to bail backwards. He's going to give up that first round pick, and they're going to get multiple draft picks for it. In fact, if they were to pull off the the trade that you're talking about, let's say they have to give up their their third round pick for Alex Smith. Even more reason to believe that they would try to use that number thirty pick as value and to get back yes. and move back. But if they, but even then, like if you pick in the early part of the second round or the middle part, offensive line depth is what I want. Yeah. Let's talk about the Vikings defense then. Seventeenth this year in sacks, they had thirty-seven total. Thirteenth uh, in interceptions, they had fourteen over the regular season. Add to that five fumbles recovered. They had 19 total turnovers that they picked up, which was good for 23rd in the league. How do you address that? How do you address that problem, boys? Because it certainly seems like a problem. You can uh, stop uh, stop yards and you can stop points, but it seems like at some point if you're not taking the ball and you're not getting to the quarterback, that's going to turn around. Does that need addressing? And if so, how do you do it? I don't. Here's why I don't think it does. And here's why I think the turnover issue solves itself to a certain degree. Okay. Let's just for one second take out the debacle on Sunday, all right? Because that, that colors this entire conversation if we don't. But just for one second, let's look at the entire year and the successes. And Trey Waynes until Sunday had a really good year. Now, Trey Waynes, I, Trey Waynes went from two, three years back, potential liability, and we were saying he might be a first-round bust, to being a very serviceable, and I thought, this year, good player. But one thing he didn't want to do, I don't think, this year was take chances. I think you're going to see that this defense, as it evolves more, and as guys like Waynes mature, take more chances to jump routes. And I think through that, you start to get you start to get more picks. I'm not saying it's perfect, but if I'm the Vikings, I don't overhaul things, and, and you don't you don't want to get so aggressive scheme, schematically that you start to make bad mistakes. So I think it resolves itself largely through players growing within the system and being more comfortable at time to, uh, taking chances, but certainly never taking stupid chances. I think Daniil Hunter had a disappointing season. He he had pressures, but by and large, they just didn't get home often enough. If you get home, you get strip sacks. Maybe you you force quarterbacks into throwing you know, fluttering ducks in the air like Case Keenum did against the Eagles. It's that extra little fraction of a second where you you pressure a guy and that's great, but getting home and actually getting the hit or a sack on a quarterback and forcing lame duck passes, 
that's the difference between the Eagles defense and the Vikings defense. It's actually pretty amazing. The Vikings were bottom third in turnovers like Dave just laid out and still number one in points, number one in yards, mm-hmm. number one in, in third down situations. So they're very disciplined and great schematically to, to just hold teams to dink and dunk and, and they don't miss a lot of tackles. But that next layer, all the great defenses have that next layer. The historic defenses, the Seahawks from a few years ago, that turnover layer. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd rather have a great sound yardage defense than, you know, a leaky sieve defense that just relies on turnovers to to flip the field. Because I think if you can prevent chunks of yardage, that's much that's much more sustainable than, oh, we God dang it, they just went 80 yards and we need an interception, right. which is what the Vikings defense has been in the past. So I think I would fix it by just trying to either build a defense that can get to the quarterback more often or uh, hope that guys like Daniil Hunter can can step up their game and get back into the uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 sack range. How about that gopher basketball game last night, huh? Yeah, they've yeah. Won. they've fallen. I missed off the, the entire thing. Yeah. I was on the plane. So well, darn it. Else, Wouldn't say you missed it. Wouldn't say you missed yeah, it. Yeah, they had a nice Six point lead at halftime, then got worked in about the last eight minutes or so and lose yeah. to Northwestern rather comfortably at home. Six out of the last seven. It's obviously turned into a train wreck. Simple question. And you can look to the near future or you can look deep into the future. I don't care. Go for basketball future. What does it hold? Boy, it's <laughs> <laughs> they better they better hope that they've got three really good freshmen coming in. The, shut, the three in state guys. Just shut her they down. They better hope that the freshmen can nothing. be great. I honestly think if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Richard Petino, he's now self-inflicted some of this stuff. You know, just you know, the, the the behavioral stuff, you know, maybe they could have been a little bit better in the the players they chose or like Kevin Dorsey. The talent to baggage ratio didn't it didn't map out. I think he's going to kick the tires. SEC, ACC, Big East. You got to think he's looking around saying, even when I get everything shored up and we start to, you know, behave better, now things from two years ago are popping back up to derail the team. But if you're going to hold him accountable, Reggie Lynch is the only player missing right now. Eric Curry, too. But from where they were at the beginning of the year, Reggie Lynch. He's one of the best defensive bigs in the country. It's a huge loss. But Amir Coffey's been back the last couple of games. Should you really look that bad in the second half at home against Northwestern with only one key player missing from the beginning of your season? Not, you know, Eric Curry was a huge, a huge loss too. But, you, you know, Amir Coffey's back. He's not 100% maybe. You should pull off some of these wins going forward. You it shouldn't be so. a total embarrassment yep. going forward. So... I think I think if you go immediate future, they're for sure going to miss the NCAA tournament. They're three and seven in conference right now, and there's not a whole lot of resume wins to be had going forward. I'm going to stick with my write that down prediction. I think they whiff the NIT as well. I do. So where where do they go? Where what does the future hold? Just nothing. I mean, well, it's just such a debacle no right now. Basketball. They do have a nice class coming in next oh, year. Oh, oh, Dave, this is such a <laughs> intriguing question, considering the current climate and where things are, are at with this well, program. Well, it left it open ended for you. Yeah, um, I honestly think now now they've got recruits coming in, so it shouldn't be a complete mess. But Isaiah Washington right now looks absolutely lost. I think he played what five minutes last night or something. Not Six many. minutes. He's just remember. not playing. I think he's played like. 20 minutes total in the last three or four games. 
I think you're looking at now with the way things are, I think you're looking at another probably run of non-NCAA tournament seasons. I think you're looking at probably two more years or so. I mean, it's just every time this program does, because Coffee's going to leave here, I'm sure, shortly now. So he's he can't gonna go to the NBA. Gone. He's not going to be a draft pick this upcoming no, season. No, no, but I'm saying but I'm saying that if if he stays, if Max he'll stay next year. So and then he's gone. And so so your recruits are going to start to mature as he leaves. I think you're looking at another three year drought, probably at least. Non NCAA seasons and the barn half full and your chance was this year and you blew it, but you still have you know, Jordan Murphy is the is the swing player here. If Jordan Murphy takes off, and now you're go, now you're out. Nate Mason, Reggie yeah. Lynch, and Jordan Murphy, but you get Curry back next year. And does Washington mature now? I mean, he's a freshman, but yeah. he looks completely lost at times. It's he it's, wants to jack up shots basically and do the jelly roll. <laughs> don't we all? I don't, I don't want to start. I was gonna forget it. I was gonna rant about it. it doesn't even no. Matter. Please do. It's just that this jelly roll thing. I mean, the kid looks completely lost, and he's got a brand. Why do you have a brand as a freshman in college? Why do you have a brand? This whole brand consumed us. We were talked about his brand. Are you jealous that that he has 400,000 more followers on social media than you do? Perhaps that should should be his career then. (laughs) Well, it could be at some point. Not basketball at this point. Yeah, if he could make, he can't, he's not allowed to even sell t shirts off of it now. Listen. Damn NCAA. Go for basketball is one of the few sports that I really think I I am a fan of. When go for basketball is good, it is so much fun. Like the Vikings, if the Vikings do well, it's great for the station and it's good for business and it's fun to watch. But I really don't feel an attachment. Yeah. When go for basketball is good, I start to feel this weird attachment. That's why this is so disappointing to me. Well, it's a long run at the U. <laughs> it was a year and at least a month. <laughs> Me and whomever. And it's just disappointing. I think the range of what could happen next year for them, like there's two different things on either uh, either end of the spectrum that wouldn't shock me. Number one would be Patino says, all right, screw this. This is just, it's, it's not working here, and the, the whole fit's been bad, and I'm going to go get a job somewhere else. And PJ's Jordan's driving me nuts. Yep, jo- Jordan Murphy leaves, and... Nate Mason's gone, and they just now they're back at square one, sort of. And then a couple of recruits decide, ah, we're going to open it back up. I could also see if he stays, and Jordan Murphy, he's a junior, right? So Jordan Murphy would be a senior next year. If he stays, Isaiah Washington lives up to his potential. Three really good freshmen come in. Eric Curry comes back, and they make the NCAA tournament again as like a seven seed. That wouldn't shock me next year either. Neither one of those things would be surprising. So we're, I don't know. But this was their chance to be Final Four good if everything yep. played out. And, of course, they're going to miss the NIT. <laughs> Week 16, I called so, it. All right. Uh, by the way, if you have any thoughts, if you want to call in and and hammer us for our Case Keenum negativity, you're welcome to chime in to uh, end the show. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We're on the re-sign Teddy for multiple years, incentive-laden, trade for Alex Smith, and see what 2018 holds bandwagon. Uh, before we do anything, you can make a lot of money if you just pay attention for the next 60 seconds here. If you're thinking about selling your home, the Chris Lindahl team, which is the number one REMAX results team in the nation, by the way, they've got all the tools to help you earn maybe thirty to $60,000 more for the sale of your home than you originally thought, okay? Here's what's happening in the next week or so. The Seller Workshops, January 29th through the 31st, limited seating. 
And you can call 763-401-SOLD to get your tickets in your place. Or visit sellerworkshop.com if you want to snoop around. Uh, so, again, this is, we're talking like an hour-long seminar here. And if it helps you get thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 more on the sale of your home, you'd be foolish not to take advantage. 763-401-SOLD or sellerworkshop.com. January 29th through the 31st, it's the Chris Lindahl team. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's that time again. On 1500 ESPN. I think I just said that we're going to work through the process. Did I just say that? But I'm going to work through the process just like I always do. We're going to evaluate all the players. We're going to evaluate um, everybody. And we're going to go like our business like we always do. Let's do a little uh, a little impromptu Ask Mackie and Judd to, to end the show here. we got a couple callers on hold. You can tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at 1500 ESPN Judd. Uh, anything you want. Sports topics, life, you know, lifestyle. Judd loves the lifestyle topics. Absolutely, yes. Let's go to Mike. You're on the show. Hey, guys. I appreciate it. I'm the call getting in here. Um, For sure, man. Hey. Say, I just got a, you know, we were watching a game last night for the Gophers, and we were all chatting. We're like, you know, a lot has kind of happened ever since, you know, Patino's old man and all that stuff went down. Do you think that there might be some ramifications going forward? Unfortunate for actually Rich Patino, but because of the family name and all the hoopla, yeah, uh, that maybe some players may not want to come here. And now you're seeing some of the players kind of quitting a little bit and thinking, well, Maybe I'll transfer, or it's just a weird vibe all of a sudden when you watch the games, and I I can't put my finger on it, but yeah, there's something to that maybe I don't know. So, so. Mike, it's a it's an interesting question. I don't think I don't think players view Richard Patino in the same bin as like Rick Patino. So, I don't I don't think that has any effect, but so, the, the, but the vibe does feel off this season for sure. So obviously. Mike Mike is trying to say that that he feels like there might be some. Rick Pitino fallout actually affecting Richard? I don't see that. I mean, I I think un- unfortunately for for his son, uh, Rick's kid has his own problems here, and those problems yeah. are independent. Like, I don't feel that that Rick's problems are coming back to haunt Richard. I feel like they've got their own problems here. Yeah, and it starts with Curry got hurt, and Lynch turned out to. Be a bad guy, I guess. And now Bakari Kanate has to play a half hour every night. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey Brandon. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good. All right, so I just want to take a second here and put myself up on the in front of the firing squad here. Uh, <laughs> I just this is the most Minnesota thing ever that we're spending like literally on every sports talk radio show you hear. All you hear about is how horrible the Eagles fans are, and yada yada this and yada yada that, and what happened here. Rather than focusing on the fact that our team just got shellacked, of course we briefly talked about that, but it's the most Minnesotan thing ever to just avoid chatting that. And well, at least we're nice. At least we're just trying to make ourselves feel better. I mean, it just seems pathetic, and it's so unnecessary to dwell on it. It doesn't surprise anybody that an East Coast team was miserable to an opposing fan base that went to their stadium. Yes, it's over the top. But, I mean, this is the most Minnesotan thing ever, isn't it? Brandon, you are a thousand percent right. You're right. You're, we, yeah, we, went in, we were warned beforehand, and yet we went into their parking lots, which we basically know are a war zone, and we went in our Viking garb and our Helga horns, and we had beers thrown <laughs> at us, and now we are appalled that someone would do that to us. 
in fairness, we get four hours every day to explore, and so we've done both. We've complained about Eagles fans. We've done the Minnesota thing. We've also done the full autopsy on the Vikings and why not, they got smoked. But we're not surprised by the fact that their fans are jerks. Hey, Jack. Hey, fellas. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to talk real quick. Um, I'm excited. I was hoping for a Vikings-Patriots combination because the Patriots are top team behind the Vikings and blood. But in terms of purely football, one of the things I love about the Patriots is they know how to win and they can adjust. And they did that, obviously, against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator is such a critical role, regardless of who's the quarterback for the Vikings. We've demonstrated that we were able to get Case Keenum in there to win games. The thing that was so disappointing to watch from a fan's perspective was the second half of New Orleans game and the entire Philadelphia Eagles game in terms of a coaching flexibility, adjusting as you go and as you need to go. Philadelphia schooled us, you know, from a coaching perspective. And then it felt like it's like uh, going on a, a once-in-a-lifetime date with a guy or gal or going in for an interview. And you go in, you're great, you're excited, you want to work for that company, you want to date that person, and you go in for half the date or an interview, and you're able to step away, go into the bathroom and have a coach or a boyfriend or girlfriend who's been watching the entire thing say, all right, do this differently because you're losing. You're not going to get that second date. Right. We have to go three seconds left. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah.